Circa Resort and Casino present Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Brought to you by Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix or at bellford.com. Verizon Wireless, this is 5G Done Right. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Pick up any of our award-winning sauces on the way home tonight at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino, a sports book so big, they built a casino around it. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, ultra smooth, Arizona owned. Behind the mask, whether on the ice or in line, the Valley headquarters to provide all of your hockey needs. I am Drive, presenting partner of What Drives You. M-Drive for energy, stamina, recovery. And by Summer Skates. Get your personalized shower shoes and koozies at icetimehockeysw.com slash partners and click on the Summer Skates banner. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Circa Resort Casino is a part of the icetimehockeysw.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Zach Bondurant. All right, welcome in, hockey fans. Anywhere you may be listening to us live on the Podbean app, it's Monday night, so it has to be Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Strandy joining you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Zach Bondurant, joining me from Chandler, Arizona, after a long Thanksgiving weekend. Zach, how are you? I'm good, hanging in there. I made it, uh, made it across the California and Arizona desert safely, and back home in Arizona. That that's always important, and uh, I'm guessing Thanksgiving was good. Uh yeah, nothing. Uh, we didn't have any five minute uh, or ten minute game misconducts or fighting majors in the family. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, you know, pretty pretty uh, pretty mellow, I would say. <laughs> I love it. Well, I know you're chomping at the bit to get some photography in, and uh, we keep working at it. Uh, the NCAA stuff is starting to go on. This is professional hockey, though, and tonight, Zach, we've got two great guests. One is our returnee, as we like to call him, uh, the assistant coach for the Tucson Roadrunner. Steve Potvin is going to join us here in just a couple of minutes. And then we got a very special guest coming on at 8.05 tonight, the author of Thin Ice, uh, Mr. Ryan Minkoff is going to join us. So lots of stuff to talk about tonight. We got no games yet. We got no practices. We don't even know when they're going to start. So uh, we got to talk about something. And, uh, you know, why not bring on our first guest right now with, with Steve Potvin? Because we can always find something to talk about with him, right? Oh, yeah. He's he's a <laughs> uh, never-ending source of, uh, of knowledge and uh contributions to the podcast so always happy to have him on absolutely and uh as we get ready to roll here we'll um we'll tell you as well that uh, uh like i said we don't know the start of the hockey season yet for professional hockey so we'll dig into that but uh mr potvin how are you tonight i'm doing well thanks i hope i didn't miss anything i was uh on an important phone call so i hope i didn't uh i, I didn't just pop in at the wrong time <laughs> No, you popped in right on time, as a matter of fact, right on cue. I hope we didn't keep you from uh, a longer phone conversation that you needed to have. <laughs> no, I, I appreciate it. I hate the phone, so I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I had a great excuse to get off of it. <laughs> well, How are you guys? You, it's been a long time. 
It has been. It's been way too long. That's why I kept uh, I kept sending you text messages going like, when are you going to be ready to talk again? When do you want to talk again? <laughs> Thank I'm you for sure coming I'm on. I'm not sure I'm really ready to talk, but uh, <laughs> I so appreciate our, our time together. It's good. It's good. Well, you know, uh, you know, you got me and Zach, and uh, nothing's really changed for us. We just keep plugging along. Zach's chomping at the bit to take some pictures, and I, I'm looking to try to to uh, do some features on hockey. It, we we just don't know what's going on at this point, do we? Nothing. Yeah, like absolutely nothing. We have no idea what's going to happen. So you know, I wish I had some great information, inside scoops for you guys. I don't. I don't have anything. I'm a little bit nervous. What we're going to talk about? <laughs> well, you know, it might be politics. Well, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> well, I think there's always hockey stuff to talk about. But you know, one of the things, uh, Steve, that I've seen throughout uh, our coverage area, at least, is. There, there's so many differences, right? I thought the NHL, as we've talked about in the past, did it the right way by going to the bubble. But then uh, USHL started up, and they started doing their own thing, kind of. And so far, from what I hear, it's going pretty well. And then NCAA started, and um, everybody took their own path. Uh, <laughs> ASU went to the Big Ten to play as a uh, honorary uh, member for this year. Uh, the NCHC starts tomorrow with a pod situation in in Omaha, and then the Atlantic Hockey and Hockey East, and some teams are in, some are out, some games are being played, some are being postponed. Have you ever seen anything even similar to this in the hockey world? My gosh, I don't even know like how how it's how we got here. You know, like it's we were just living a nice, cozy, perfect life. Hockey was at the forefront all the time. There was never any of these questions, and now it's. We don't we don't know which way to turn, what to expect. We have no control over anything, and you know we don't even really understand the full truth of it all. I don't think you know. At least there's uh, always some questions on what the truth is and what we're gonna get out of it. It's 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 a it's a mind baffling, interesting time, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to let Zach jump in with some questions here in just a minute. But uh, as I was mentioning, when we talk uh, NCAA hockey, and I know as an assistant coach of an AHL franchise, you you have your eyes, I'm sure, uh, peeled to what's going on in, in different uh, uh, amateur ranks as well, because uh, eventually they might end up on your squad. But tell us a little bit about just how important um, your eyes on NCAA and junior hockey is as an assistant coach, or, or maybe it isn't. You know what? Like uh, typically around this time, we get uh, some word on who's playing well and who's you know some some guys to to kind of keep an eye on. But really, it's our development staff and our scouting staff that take care of it. And then uh, obviously, once they get drafted, then our our eyes are you know completely glued to him, to them and how they're playing and uh, you know what course of action they're going through. And, and we have to be involved and understand. Uh, their path and their strengths and weaknesses so that we better understand them. But until they really get drafted, uh, you know, we, we look at our internal force, uh, you know, and what we can do with it at the current time. So we don't really get too involved with, uh, with what happens in, in the minor leagues, you know? So Steve, one, thanks for coming back on. Always happy to, to have you on. Um, I know every time I have you on here, we, uh, I throw some tough questions at you, so hopefully I'm we don't sweating have you. already. I, 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 I hope we don't have you sweating bullets. 
I he's don't got, know. Uh, he's got the goalie call on around his neck, uh, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I didn't hear you. What? What? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's right. That's the goalie call that's around his neck right now. He knew you were coming. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're experiencing that. technical difficulties. Um, exactly. I got to go. I got a phone call. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry, it's, ahead, it's yeah. no you're good you're good um so we we heard when the bubble was going on that there was definitely a, a cba signed by the players um now i don't know uh what the coaches are the coaches involved with any of that or Nothing. is it strictly only between okay so it's just player yeah. players and management or it's just owners correct nothing in the the front correct office. no okay it's, yeah it's basically we're hands off at this point we get the information as it comes in and yeah, we just we want to get our our team back on the ice and play some games that's that's all we hope for you know and i hope gotcha. that, you know, both sides are happy with it yeah, so as from your understanding that that CBA was signed and sealed and delivered, correct back in I've, Correct. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah. So have you been able to talk to any of the players, been able to find out any kind of uh, maybe what their you know, side of the story is? We you know a lot of times we don't really talk a lot about that stuff. I I, I think because okay. we're you know, we're somewhat on the inside, but not on the inside. It's more something that yeah. they discuss to each other. But, you know, you, you hear the rumblings, obviously. And, you know, I, I guess in this type of scenario, I mean, there's so many moving parts and things change so much that, you know, I think it's it's going to be a difficult process to kind of navigate through, you know. And I hope that both sides are are really getting good instruction and information to, to make this you know, the best possible for both sides, really, you know, that's all like we can hope for and, and we can get, get things kind of started. Well, I, he throws the tough ones at you. I throw the softballs at you. So yeah. I like that. Good cop. So here's the softball for you. We, we know uh, there's a lot of uh, your guys in development with the Barrett Hayton and, and uh, Mr. Soderstrom and guys like that that are playing over in uh, in Europe. Um, what's the thought on that? Is that uh, from from my view, Steve? I got to think that that's just an awesome thing for those guys to get a lot of ice time and and game action in. But um, from an assistant coach position like you're in, is that exciting for you too to see these guys playing somewhere at least? Yeah, you know what? That's that's a great question actually, and there's a little bit more depth to it than than what. You know, from my perspective and the coach's perspective, especially in, in whatever organization you're in, you want your players playing and you want them developing. And, you know, to be able to go overseas and actually learn different cultures, maybe a little bit, you know, a different language and, and, and learn a different style of play, 100%. I think the player, the person, everybody evolves, everybody wins in that from that perspective. But when you look at it from the other side of, you know, jobs that they're taking – you know, for guys that are, you know, used to playing in Europe or players that, because uh, I remember being a player uh, during lockouts and players would come overseas. And of course, it's little different circumstances. But at the time, I remember being like so thankful that I was able to have a two year deal. And it was, you know, I was able to play during that lockout season. But I remember a lot of my, you know, ex teammates or friends or, you know, players that weren't able to play. So kind of have a little soft spot for the guys that, you know, are typically 
over there, but that's the way it goes. You know, everybody wants to see the best players and the best players will continue to always play, which is, which is how it should be. But I do feel badly for some of the import players that may not have a job now because, you know, our prospects took their, their, uh, their position, but from, you know, an organization standpoint, being part of the coyotes. Yeah. I want all our guys playing as much as they can right now. And, and, you know, financially speaking, some of these, some of the guys that, you know, some of them were NHL players and were able to get some, uh, you know, make some good money, but some of the guys haven't been able to like, you know, our American league guys, they haven't played for a long time. So they haven't been getting paid. And, you know, you get to a certain point now where it's like, ooh, you know, <laughs> I might need to move back and move in with mom and dad again or, you know, <laughs> get another job. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, you know, there's some depth to the question. Yeah. And I want to follow that up quickly because great minds think alike. You were you're thinking exactly what I wanted to say is uh, how does that affect those guys that uh, maybe are losing some ice time? And, and I'll give you an example. Uh, we, we had uh, a guest on. Um, last week, week after, um, uh, Hector Mahul from the uh, from from Mexico. He's known as Mexico's best player, and he just signed oh, a yeah. contract yeah. over yeah over in Finland. And I joked with him. I said uh, I thought when uh, Mr. Morello bought the team, the first thing he should have done was sign Hector uh, to, to, to get into the uh, Hispanic culture because Hector's quite a player, and, and and he just got over there late, and he said it was it was kind of unusual for him. So. You've seen that from both sides, and I'm, I'm assuming from the player and from the administration or coach's side. Uh, how, how difficult is that on a player to come in and play like that? And, and I'll use Barrett, uh, Barrett Hayton, as an example. Is it is he accepted right away, or is it kind of a push and shove, or how does that work? You know what? Yeah, I would think that you know a guy with like Barrett Hayden for sure. There's a there's definitely a a respect factor immediately. I mean, he already has the pedigree. He's been drafted in the first round, and then uh, you know he just won the um, World Juniors, so that 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 puts him up up there with respect. But right away, there I guarantee guys are when he's in the room they're like you know what he's not that good like i don't think he's that good and then like <laughs> and then after 20 games they're like okay well you know what he does all the little things over and over again and he thinks the game clearly and he thinks the game often and you know the passion bleeds through that kid but i can imagine their first week they're like ah you know he's 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 all right he's not that great like i you know i don't see what the fuss is about but then, like, you know, once you get to know him and you're with him for a long, longer period of time, you realize this, this kid's pretty special. But, yeah, on the flip side, some of them are going to be a little envious that their their position is taken. You know, like, he's probably taken somebody's spot on the first line. And so, they're, of course, they're, they know that it's a short term, so they're probably more willing to, to accept it. But, listen, the A-dogs want to be the A-dogs, and they want to play as much as they can. You know, they're eyeing every opportunity. You know, maybe a lot of them are, are coming from the standpoint of, hey, maybe he is good. Maybe I got something I can learn from and, and, and you know, apply it. So uh, it's there's a there's there's a multitude of emotions, I'm sure, when, when a guy like Barrett steps in the room and, you know, he's a young kid and he's got everything basically uh, uh, waiting for him. You know, like he's, he's the world's at his fingertips and he's just got to keep going. 
So, Steve, without having to get into too much detail, because I'm sure it was just such an odd thing to happen, but I do want to ask uh, just a very simple question without getting into too much depth. Uh, with the Mitchell Miller, what was that like within the organization uh, to be a part of it and have something hit like that? Um, I don't know necessarily if if you're allowed to, to speak on it or whatnot, but I'm just mostly wondering what it was like in within the front office on – um, what do they do? Because specifically, because that kind of comes into your realm of the player development. Um, but what was that like? Yeah, it, it was difficult. I'll, you know, I'll just touch on the standpoint of, you know, for us, it, you, you know, I don't want to get too into it. Uh, yeah, but, no, uh, definitely not. Know, just simple. For from our standpoint, I think just the, you know, not having those the the picks that we needed. It it just it just became a difficult situation and you know what we had to it's a it's a difficult situation honestly it's i i feel badly for everybody involved you know like it's everybody involved i just it's it's an unfortunate situation you know i i hope that all sides can grow from it you know and and you know really expand you know the awareness of you know what happened and you know and i know he's probably taken it very personally you know but i i i just hope it does bring some awareness and clarity to some other people and you know it's 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 something that's important to, for for young people growing up so I, I hope you know that it's it's taken in in a in in a good way and i hope that you know mitch you know i wish him luck and hope that he grows from it and understands, you know, that there are, is a little, some strength behind it and he can, he can grow from this experience. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, we find a way to, to build our organization, you know, and continue to build it. So yeah, difficult, difficult process for sure. Okay. So I, and thank you for answering. I know that's, that's definitely a tough one. So I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a sensitive issue. It's a sensitive issue. So, so let me ask you another softball. Then you've gotten a lot of new guys uh, in the uh, development and the coaching ranks and general managers. And have you guys had a chance to sit down and and have conversations already? And and how is everything going? I mean, we're we're familiar with uh, Brian Decord and what he's going to bring to the goaltending part of it. Uh, I'm sure the whole organization is excited about that, but. But some of the other guys, strength and, and development and all that, have you guys had a chance to visit? Yes, we have. So we're at the we're at the arena now, and we're you know we're going through some things. So we've got to meet, and you know it's very preliminary, but we've uh, definitely definitely got to meet uh, some of the guys. And yeah, you know, and, it, and it's difficult now because of the situation that we're in, you know, and the you know the players are back in the bubble and. It's it's hard. It's not easy being around the rink. So it's you know we've got to keep our distance still, and we got to respect the rules of of the NHL and you know and the, and the league. So it's yeah. It, there's definitely um, it's definitely not like it has been. You know, like we just don't have the same freedom. No, you know, any company, no no company really has the same freedom as what we used to have. So it's it's a little bit different situation for sure. 
So, Steve, what's the first thing that when you guys are able to get back on the ice, what's the first thing that you're looking forward to the most? What, um, Whether it's on ice or behind the scenes, just having the guys around, what's that thing that you're so excited about? Yeah, just, you know what, just the day-to-day, just the process. Honestly, just seeing the guys dig in, seeing the guys have success, seeing the guys, you know, struggle and work through it and, you know, just – Honestly, just the the day-to-day process. I I know that sounds so cliche, but that's the most fun thing, you know, like where you're putting your work in, you're you're identifying the weaknesses, you're you're doing everything that you can to build the players, build your team, build the culture. It's it's and whether you have success or not at the end of the week, you can't wait to do it again. (laughs) You know what I mean? So uh, (laughs) honestly, I'm just looking forward to to just getting out there every day and, and, you know, trying to find ways to, to have success. I mean, that's, that's the most fun and the most challenging. Okay, so so he led me into another question. And, geez, it's almost like we're professionals here or something, Steve, because <laughs> you know, we, we, we just kind of play off of each other or something. But uh, now, now my thought of this is one of the things that I've been so proud to be a hockey fan and, and involved in the game of hockey and a former player, uh, albeit up to the college level. But um, it, when I think back uh, about all the thing that, things that hockey has done over the years, this year has really made me proud from the standpoint that organizations have kept going and, and your Tucson Roadrunners have kept going. They keep finding ways to engage fans, whether it's on social media or drive-ins or, or sending uh, Dusty the Roadrunner out or are doing different things. And um, I, I'm probably going to make you a little bit jealous when I say this, but I had a chance to go up to see the new opening of the uh, lifeguard arena in, in Vegas. And when I was up there, I had about, I don't know, three or four minutes with uh, coach uh, Viveros. I, I worked on that one, Steve. So get, give me some credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, but he was talking about how excited he was to play Tucson and to play in San Diego and to have this uh, quote unquote almost bus league now in the AHL. And uh, I'm guessing you as a coach also has to be excited about that. So, oh, so the that's going to so be the two huge. Parter. Yeah. The two How, parter, was, tell it? Me. How was the arena? <laughs> oh, good Lord. No, don't even go on my YouTube channel and look at it. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it, it's, it, that's going to be envious and jealous. Well, we, <laughs> we did a Sunday special on it, Steve, and, and when we were looking uh, in the building, uh, Kerry Bubolts, the president of the uh, Golden Knights, happened to be our tour guide of our group, and, uh, okay, yeah. and, he, and he was telling us that the one thing they tried to build in there, and I'm sure you'll agree with this as a coach, is he said the whole vision here is account or visibility is accountability. So from their locker room to their training room to their medical room, to coaches' offices, there's glass windows everywhere, so oh, you can't goodness. you cannot hide in that place. You just can't. Yeah, that's great. That's great. That, you know what? That's really good. We always say, and I'm sure you've heard this quote. You probably use it. Uh, you know, you're, you can always tell somebody's character when nobody's watching. Right. <laughs> right. right. Now, yeah. Now you don't have that chance. So, so give me your thoughts on the bus league because that's really what I was getting at. Was uh, how excited are you to be? that close to multiple teams now and it just continues to grow we know when palm springs uh, gets their franchise that'll be great as well 
Oh, 100%. This is going to be, uh, you know what, I don't think it's going to be very difficult to try to get free agents around the league to come here. Uh, it's going to, it's, it's going to, it's going to be so much better for everybody. The cost of everything is going to go down. The travel, our biggest issue is the travel and the fact that we don't have the rink for February. If we only have to bus, maybe we can, you know, bus and come back and uh, we can practice and channel no problem. But, if, you know, as long as we can come back, typically we're gone for 16 to 18 days. Uh, and that's, you know, pretty much unheard of in the league. Usually you're, you're maybe gone for a week at a time. 18 days is a pretty good stretch. So, yeah, that's we're all excited about that. The growth of it is, is great. And, you know, just another great ring to be playing in the environment. Like, you know, it's the American Hockey League, but a lot of these guys come from uh, NCAA where their ranks are phenomenal and state-of-the-art, and that's what they're used to. So, you know, for them to be to get that feeling and give them that, that energy every night to be in a nice building. Is, is exciting. So, yeah, that'll be fun. <laughs> so, Steve, have you have you had any experience with uh, Coach Viveros, the the coach of the Henderson Silver Knights? I don't know if I don't know if you've been able to, no. to reach out to him or anything that in that circumstance. No, not at all. Not at all. No. I've tried gotcha. to pronounce his name a few times, but <laughs> I, I practiced yeah, we... it for a week. <laughs> Viveros, yeah, we're <laughs> okay. So, so I promised you I'd let you go early tonight, unless you want to hang around and visit with our with our next guest coming up. But we appreciate you just giving us some uh, some insight into what's been going on for the uh, the past uh, uh, couple of months. Actually, a lot of months, but. Um, uh, like I said, I also want to get your comment on what your organization has been doing because they've they've been really sticking it out. I know we lost a, a close one in in Leighton, uh, Arcado, um, yes, the other day when she passed away, and then of course um, uh, our man Lou uh, passed away as well just a couple of days later. And I'm sure you ran into Lou uh, numerous times at the arena as well. But um, it, it it's tough, right? I mean, it's tough to lose two people that maybe weren't on the roster, but they were very close to the team and, and almost had daily interaction. Yeah, they meant a lot. We talked about energy. They bring energy, right? They, they, they bring in, help us create positive energy. And those people, you know, they're always welcomed around. And they, they're, you know, they're, they're what you, you play for. And you, it's a constant reminder of like, hey, you know, we got it good. And these people sometimes are, you know, they're, they don't have the, the best of luck or situations. And man, they're, they're still positive, great people that are beginner every day. And yeah, they're, they're so much fun to be around. So it's, yeah, we're, we're it, it, it hurts for sure. Yeah, I mean, this didn't mean to be such a difficult night tonight. We we hope we didn't scare you off. Now. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to call Zach and get the questions beforehand, just so. I, just, I just promise so we're you, we're, we're gonna be getting close to uh, some game time where we can talk about uh, some roadrunners wins, and, and that'll be a lot more fun when we get down that road. But I appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Like I said, if you're more than welcome to hang on when. Uh, when our next guest, uh, uh, Ryan Minkoff, comes on, because uh, he, he just wrote a book called Thin Ice, and 
We're going to bring Ryan on in just a minute. So if you want to hang on and ask a few questions, you're more than welcome to. If you want to listen, you're more than welcome to. And if you want to say goodnight, you're welcome to do that as well. Uh, I'm definitely going to say uh, goodnight. And I wanted to, to thank you for bringing me. I, I joke about it, but I, I, I so love it and I appreciate it. And honestly, when you're uncomfortable, that's when you're growing. So I appreciate it. Um, and, 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 I'm, and I'm joking again. I'm not uncomfortable. It's so much fun. This is... Yeah, and I definitely appreciate it, Steve. I, I hope I definitely was not too uh, too no. too aggressive, and no. I do apologize if anything was a little too crazy. But I, but we do appreciate you being on here. Thank you. Not at all, you guys. Enjoy. I so appreciate your time, and thanks for having me on again. Sincerely. All right, we're gonna have. Okay, uh, guys. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back. Uh, Steve Potvin, join us with the Tucson Roadrunners. I always appreciate this time. Zach and I will be back in about two minutes with our next guest, the author of Thin Ice, and uh, so much more in just a minute. I have a car whose lease is up soon and I'll be looking around for the best deal that I can get. I have certain parameters that I'm looking for in that next vehicle. For example, I want a car that qualifies for New York State HOV sticker. But being on Long Island won't stop me from taking advice from hockey great Shane Doan, and I'll be checking out Bell Ford and BellFord.com. Bell Ford, the presenting partner of our new season of the Sunday special at IcetimeHockeySW.com, was voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona. So go, shop where Shane Doan shops, talk to Kevin Wood, let him know that IcetimeHockeySW.com sent you, and let him give you the all-star treatment online or at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by offensive ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Behind the mask.
Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. Refine your prime with M-Drive. All right, we're back. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly. Always our Monday night staple presented by the Circa Resort and Casino in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Scott Strandy is with you from Scottsdale, Arizona. My co-host, Zach Bondurant, joining us from Chandler, Arizona. And uh, Zach, it's our pleasure. Let, let me throw this out here before I introduce our guest. He is the, the hat trick tonight and, and probably any night that we have a show. And here's why. He's an author. He's a hockey player. And he's from Minnesota. So, I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, <laughs> oh, Ryan you Min- Minnesota boys. <laughs> Ryan Minkoff is joining us, the author of Thin Ice. Uh, 83.LLC is also uh, his business. He's going to tell us all about all of it. Uh, Ryan, you got Scott and Zach with you. How are you? Pretty good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a thrill to have you on. I'm still waiting for that book because I know you're trying to get it to me. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I read some excerpts today online uh, just nice. to, uh, to bone up a little bit about it. Uh, I'm excited about it because, as I told you uh, in our text before uh, before the show, I'm a Minnesota native, been in Arizona mm-hmm. for 30 years, but grew up playing on the outdoor ice and, and made my way over to Minnesota Duluth, if you can believe it or not, on a golf scholarship. Wow. <laughs> That's not so, common, probably. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, welcome to the show, and, and tell us first of all a little bit about uh, your background, growing up, playing hockey, and all that good stuff. And then we'll get to the book and all the other stuff. Yeah, so I actually grew up uh, about an hour from the Twin Cities um, in a small town, Corcoran, is what it was called. And uh, yeah, started playing at a young age, like everybody does, at around age four or five, and. Uh, my youth experience was probably not like most, um, especially a player from northern Minnesota. You're kind of growing up and staying with the same association the whole way up. I was not like that. Uh, I bounced around from association to a different association um, for either political reasons or I would play on a team and <laughs> it would just fold, so I'd have to go... <laughs> wave into a different different team um so yeah my youth my youth experience was pretty crazy and when i got to high school can't say it got any uh different really um <laughs> i i went to a really good high school um and i just couldn't get any playing time to save my life so i ended up my senior year i played for a local junior team um, that actually, uh, they don't, uh, the league doesn't even exist anymore. Um, but yeah, through, through my youth and high school, I, I was, I was a pretty good player, but I, I kind of lacked exposure 
and um, my exposure would come all, all the time in the summers because I was on a lot of AAA teams and select teams. But then I'd go to my season and during the winter, and I just I wouldn't be seen by anybody. So it was a it was really interesting, um, and I ended up going to play club at the University of Washington in Seattle, where I live now, um, and that was a experience in itself, and that led me to going to Finland um, after that. So it was an interesting ride. Absolutely, I don't know if you're familiar, but we do uh, we do four podcasts. We do uh, an NCAA show now on Sunday night. We do yeah. professional hockey Monday, and we do college hockey, which is our NCAA regular show on Tuesday. But then we also do uh, the the club hockey Southwest Weekly for our club teams. And you know, uh, back when you were playing, I'm I'm sure the uh, the caliber of competition was pretty good. Obviously, to be able to make the jump to Finland, but. Right now, here at least in the Southwest, uh, I can't even tell you uh, how much the competition has improved over the last uh, six years. We, we always joke on the show on Wednesday night about uh, I think UNLV and U of A and ASU and Grand Canyon all have uh, uh, an arms race to build to build their rosters. So it's almost yeah. like just a step below getting to the NCAA level. Um, tell us about that experience in Washington. Yeah, so uh- – I would say, yeah, club, I, I had no clue what I was getting into. I, I really <laughs> didn't know what the level was going to be. I mean, I, before going into my senior year, I was looking at schools all on the East Coast. Um, Union College was interested in me, and um, that eventually faded to them. They, they first wanted me to come in after high school, and then they wanted me to come in after a couple of years of junior hockey, so... And I was just never on board with going that route and coming in when I'm 20. So that's what kind of led me to look at club in the first place. And uh, my mom went, or uh, she's from out out here, so on the West Coast. So I, I applied to UW on the last day I could um, that they took applications. So that's, that's kind of how I ended up getting out here. It wasn't uh, planned at all. Um, but in terms of the level... There was there was some pretty good players on my team. Um, I would say the depth is where it really lacked. But um, our first couple lines, my freshman year, I, I felt like we were we could probably hang with Division three teams. Um, after that, there was sort of a drop off. But yeah, my 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 experience was was great. Um, just the travel out here. You're going. I, I was playing all these Pac-12 schools and going to nice, warm places like Arizona in January. <laughs> can't um, argue that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you can't beat that for for travel in in a winter sport. Um, so I, I had a really good experience. But yeah, when I came in, I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into. So. So can you tell us um, a little bit about the about the book and uh, without giving it away because obviously we definitely yeah. want readers and listeners. But uh, what what inspired you to write it, um, and then what's a little bit about it? Yeah, so the book is it's really a, a memoir of my path through youth hockey and through high school and then into the 
unknown world of club hockey and uh, takes you through my experience in Finland as well. Um, so it's chronicling kind of my trials and tribulations through that. And uh, what I actually started writing the book when I was in college going into my senior year. Um, I, I always enjoyed reading uh, hockey autobiographies and they're always inspiring to me. So that, that didn't really prompt me to write it, but going into my senior year, I was doing a lot of reminiscing just of my hockey career. You're, you're, I, I, I didn't know if I was going to be playing anymore after that year. Um, so I was just looking back on my experiences. I, I knew I had a unique path up to that point and I, I wanted to remember it when I was older. So that's what got me to start writing initially, just writing down my thoughts. And I had about a hundred pages going into my senior year. And then I kept it going every few weeks. I'd update it during my, during my year. And then when I got the Finland deal, I, I kind of knew, all right, this is pr pretty unique story going club to pro doesn't happen very often. So when I got to Finland, I sort of a diary. I was writing every week, um, and then yeah, when I when I was done, I took me about two and a half years to get a publisher, and then a few years more of editing after that. So it was uh yeah, I mean, it took took me seven years, I guess, to get to this point with the book. So it's been a quite the journey. Okay, so, so the title was all... oh, go ahead. Go ahead, right, so then you also so then you were also involved in uh, eighty three LLC. Uh, can yep. you can you tell us a little bit about what that is? And then you also have one of the players that uh, plays at ASU, which is Brett Gruber. Can you tell us a little bit maybe what that involvement was and, and just yeah. kind of what the all encompassing factor is? Yeah. Um, so my agency, I started it. So when I when I went to Finland, I I it was random. Um, my senior year, I, I'm on spring break in Mexico with a teammate and his family, and I get a friend request from this random guy in Finland on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, no clue who this is. Delete. And I deleted it. <laughs> and then the next morning, I wake up, and he had sent me another friend request. So I was like, all right, that's weird. <laughs> didn't, didn't connect any dots, uh, but I accepted it. And he happened to be the team manager of this team in Finland, and they were interested in me potentially coming over there. And so that's how it all started. I uh, took me about a month and a half from there to negotiate everything out. Um, but when I got to Finland, I lived with a Latvian kid, and right away I, I learned about his contract in comparison to mine. And I had a bunch of different perks in my deal. Uh, like I was getting two uh, sponsored meals a day at this restaurant in town and I was doing other little jobs around the town to make extra money. I was zamboning the ice, which was hilarious. And um, <laughs> I, I coached youth kids um, and, and he, he just, his deal was just not even close. Um, he didn't have any of that. And uh, I had a, much better salary and he, his basically was non-existent. So I, I, I sort of took it upon myself to help him um, right away. Like first month I was out there, we, 
I helped him get his, at least get the meal deal so I could go to this restaurant and eat lunch and dinner with him. Um, and he got involved in some of the, the other, other things I was in, I was doing too, to, to make some extra money. So that's kind of how it started. Um, and while I was out there, I, I wasn't in like this big time league, uh, and I was really learning about all the different leagues over there. And I, when I was out there, I, my playing time was gradually diminishing and we were having payment problems and some apartment issues. And I, I knew that if I had an agent, like so, some of this stuff I'd have some help with. And I really, I, when I reached out to some agents, I, I just, they, they didn't have time for me. They, I, I knew I wasn't making any money for them to care. Uh, so I, I knew that there was a sort of a niche in the market. And I also, as I was learning and out about all these other leagues and players, some of the high leagues, they were basically running the same way as, as my team. Um, so I, I knew, I knew help was needed out there. And after my season ended, I just, uh, I, I wanted to keep helping and, and staying involved. So I helped my Latvian roommate the, the following year. He was going to keep playing and I wasn't, I was going to be done. So that's how it, that's how it all started. And, um, I helped his older brother and I helped some Finnish guys and then it just kind of started getting random referrals and random messages. Um, and for Gruber, uh, he was a great guy. I actually helped PJ Morocco too. He's on the team now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Brett, great guy. Um, the whole deal with him was just, you're just trying to update him on what scouts are, are thinking of him. And it's the same thing for PJ now. Um, and obviously you're just trying to build them any kind of momentum that you can for when it comes time to, to try to sign somewhere. Obviously this year is crazy. Um, and it's <laughs> just very difficult to sign anybody anywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely, uh, enjoy, uh, my, my players that I can, that I can have on ASU. It's a great program and it's closer to me for travel. So it's fun. <laughs> Okay, so I want to ask you about the name, 83 LLC and, and yeah. the Nice, the book. How, how did you come up with those those two titles? Yeah, so 83 I wore it in college. Um, I knew that was I, coming. I wore it in Finland also, but I it was a number I had never worn it before I got to college. I actually wanted number three, and – Coach told me, "Yeah, we have we have number three in the jersey bag. First game, there's no there's no three in in the jersey bag, and the only number the only number they had available with a three in it was 83, and it happened to be the the guy who wore the jersey the year before me was an assistant captain. So, like my first game at UW, I was wearing a jersey number 83 with an A on it." Um, I love it. I love yeah, it. it was just it was ridiculous, and I, but I like I just was like, oh, I'll stick with this. Let's see what see how it goes. Um, and yes, yeah, so that's how I I I, I just I, I thought it was a fitting name for me. I didn't have a 
clever, clever idea in my head. Um, so that's how I got that name. And then Thin Ice, the book, I, I think it just was the, it correlated sort of to my story. Um, I was, I was kind of just because I was bouncing around from all these teams growing up and just being on thin ice, you, you just never know what's going to happen. And I felt like that was a good parallel to my story. I, I, I always believed that I could get to the level I got to, um, but I really didn't know how I was going to do it, but I, I had that long-term focus. So I, I just thought thin ice was a, was a clever name that, that fit the story. So, so where did you play in Finland? What was the team that you played for? Yeah, so I played for, uh, it was called Verkia. Um, I was about four hours okay. north of Helsinki. A uh, small town, like 15,000 people. They had my team. They had a women's uh, pro baseball team. And there was a basketball team in my town. Outside of that, there was nothing for the most part. Um <laughs> A couple, like a couple bars, one main street. Uh, there was a club. It was open like two or three months of the year total. Uh, so it was, it, in terms of the life in town, not a whole lot going on besides going to practice. And um, I, I was doing a lot of volunteering, uh, working with the schools and English classes. So I, I was trying to keep myself as busy as I could. Um, but yeah, my, my, my team in the league I was in, it was all just finished base. I was playing a bunch of finished teams around, around the country. So it was, it was all, all busing and, um, nothing too crazy. Was, was learning the language, uh, was, was learning the language, uh, a challenging aspect or was it a a kind of sink (laughs) or swim aspect? Uh, yeah, I would say I did a very poor job of learning. (laughs) Um, I I really, I really didn't learn it very well. Um, I learned just enough to get by and looking back, I, I really should have tried to learn it, uh, more because most of the town didn't speak English. So, and most of my team didn't speak English either outside of like, hi, how's it going? Good, good. And like, that's how the conversation would end for, for many of the guys I was on the team with. There's only a few guys that I could have a legitimate conversation with. So that that aspect, looking back, I, I really should have tried harder. Um, and Finnish isn't an easy language to learn. So it would have taken me some effort for sure. Um, but yeah, the, the communication aspect was, was pretty difficult. Okay, so when we talk about uh, 83 LLC and, and the advising um, role, and, you know, we know NCAA, everywhere you look, it's, it's a rule and a regulation somewhere. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Ryan, but, but you can advise people uh, while they're um, looking and, and looking uh, plain, I guess, um, up until they actually become professional, right? Um, yeah. adv- advising can happen, but – agency cannot happen is that correct yep pretty much it's a it's a weird line i would say um 
because you got guys in the in the CHL that anything goes, sort of. Um, but yes, it's uh, that that's the letter of the law, and I mean it, it's it's easy to follow as long as you you know what you're doing. So. Okay, so let me stretch out a little bit into Seattle, where your home is now. Um, The the Kraken are coming in. Uh, That's going to be exciting for the Seattle area. I know they've been uh, drawing some really good uh, pre, um, how do I say it, pre-announcement, pre-game season ticket stuff going on, a lot like uh, Vegas did. But Mm -hmm. what's it been like up there with with the Kraken getting close? Yeah, no, it's... It's definitely exciting times um, for me and just a lot of people that uh, watch hockey up here. It, it's it's going to be cool, I think, um, just to see the community and see more people learning how to play uh, and just getting into the game because right now there's just not a lot of rinks out here. There's not a lot of people playing. Um, like I, I play men's league now. Obviously not in these times, but I'm on a men's league, and there's only a few few teams, and I'm just I'm just excited to see more more people involved in the sport. Um, it, it's got a long way to go. The the thankfully there's the WHL out here, and the Thunderbirds and Silvertips they they have pretty good followings. So I'm 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 excited to see those followings sort of keep building. Um, cause any, and the NHL going anywhere that, that always just helps the cause of, of the sport growing and you're going to get more resources and, um, that, that's what I'm mostly looking forward to. Just, just seeing the sport grow. Um, because I obviously I'm like, I'm, I'm from Minnesota. I, I know what, what the state of hockey brings and I know what, what the experience is in Seattle because I played at UW for club and most people didn't even know we had a team. And then I'd go to Thunderbird games and fans would just show up with a random hockey Jersey that they owned. Um, so the, the, <laughs> the, the, the fan base or just, just the, the people in general out here, they, they have a lot uh, to educate themselves on. And I'm, I'm excited to see, see that. Okay, so a quick follow-up to that one is yeah. uh, we, we cover Vegas, and, and I was mm-hmm. uh, I was covering Vegas before Vegas was Vegas, <laughs> if that makes any yeah. sense. Uh, I was there when the guys were talking about uh, the, the season ticket uh, holder fund uh, um, drive, I guess, to sign people up and take their $100 deposits or whatever. But, yeah. but Ryan, when I look back now over the last six years and I see what uh, – the NHL has done for Las Vegas, and I'll just throw it out there, right? They got T-Mobile Arena uh, mm-hmm. for their game arena. They got City National Arena with two ice sheets. One is uh, attached to the, the the whole NHL facility of the Golden Knights, and yeah. UNLV plays in there as well. They just opened up a new dual-sheet uh, facility for their AHL franchise to practice out of in Henderson. They're building a 6,000-seat game arena in Henderson for that AHL team. And they're already talking about in a year starting work on two more ice sheets in uh, Southern Las Vegas. So, I mean, you see that growth. Is that something you think can happen 
in Seattle too, or or is Vegas just a anomaly in that sense? Uh, well, they'll need to find the real estate out here. Uh, I, I <laughs> right. think it'll have to be uh, a little bit more into the suburbs. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I there's definitely a lot of potential to grow. Just being close to Vancouver helps a ton, I think, for this area. Um, and obviously Portland, they have a really, really big history in with, with their WHL team. So I think the surrounding areas are really going to benefit too. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, there's a lot of potential. There's, there's no doubt about that. I know UW is going to benefit a lot too, uh, just with their club program and just being around in the, in the general vicinity, just like UNLV, um, has really ramped up. I think UW can easily do that too. Um, so yeah, I, I, I would envision it. It's going to take time just like anywhere. Um, but I think it'll be pretty, pretty quick. Is it safe to say you'll be, uh, searching for the first game tickets? Uh, well, hopefully I can get a player on the team and then I'll just have a ticket. <laughs> there you go. There you that, go. That's right. the way you do it right there. Find yeah. the angle. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we'll let you go on this one. Give us some information on how people can get the book. Um, it's out and available now, correct? Uh, yes, it was released November 1st. So been out about a month. It's, it's, it's been pretty fun. It's really cool just to see uh, the impact it's making, and I'm, I'm I, uh, you, you can find the book pretty much anywhere online: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, ships internationally. So anywhere you you buy books, you can probably get it. Audio book too, or just uh, just written? Just written, and uh, I would like to do an audio book, but that is not done yet. I hear you. <laughs> Well, we definitely appreciate you coming on. One final thing: uh, any word on where you're going to get Brett playing hockey here as soon as uh, as soon as we can play hockey? Uh, uh no, no is the simple <laughs> answer. Uh, TBD. Yeah, I do. I, uh, I I really don't know. Yeah, the the minor leagues. I really have no idea. Um, yeah. it's, it's what crap what is going right going to happen? Yeah, and, and like I like I'm obviously in the space, so I get updates here and there and I, yeah i hear one thing one day and i hear the other the, the <laughs> other thing the next so it's it's just i, I can't yeah i i totally hear you do we lose ryan uh, zach are you still there have. i'm I still here can you hear me yeah i think we might have lost ryan but uh well said, Ryan Minkoff. The, the book is called Thin Ice, and uh, you can get it anywhere you can buy a book. We appreciate Ryan coming on and telling us a little bit about the, uh, the, uh, the company, uh, 83 LLC, his advising and, and agency, and as well as the, uh, the book itself. Uh, Ryan, are you back? Yeah, back. Oh, okay. There we go. We lost you for a second, so I was kind of just giving you the, the quick replay a little bit. but. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, we're we're thrilled that you were able to spend some time with us. We're looking forward to seeing the book and reading the book, and uh, we'll continue to spread the word on it. Always great to have another Minnesotan on the show, and yeah. definitely be definitely be safe and stay in touch whenever you're in the uh, 
the Valley of the Sun, by all means, grab me. I'm, I'm usually the guy in Oceanside with my uh, my my head just below a rafter. <laughs> okay, no, that that's good to know. I uh, I went to Oceanside last year for the Den- they played Denver. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I was at those games. Um, so I'll, I'll definitely be down in the area, hopefully every year. All right. Well, you got um, my number, so send me send me a text whenever you're in the area and. If you see a guy with a camera running around, that's uh, that's Zach. He's our uh, professional <laughs> photographer on staff. So, okay, um, perfect. We get it done. But thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll continue to tell people about the book. You got it. I appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely, uh, folks. That's Ryan Minkoff, the uh, author of Thin Ice and the owner of Eighty Three LLC. As you heard, he's advising a a Sun Devil right now, and he's working to try to land a spot for another past Sun Devil. So, uh, Zach, uh, quite a show again tonight. I'll let you wrap it up with the uh, the read, and, and we'll take it away with uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers De Niro. All right. The Circuit Resorts and Casino Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Roger Klein's Canteon Tequila, Ultra Smooth, Arizona-owned. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and try our original cocktail recipes. Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant, the presenting partner of the Sunday Special. Tell our friend Kevin Wood the Ice Time Hockey SW sent you, and he will show you the Bell Ford difference. Online at bellford.com or at the showroom at 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix. Circuit Resorts and Casino, home of the 165-foot Mega Bar, Nevada's longest indoor bar. See how we can take resorts to the next level at circalasvegas.com. Verizon, the 5G and the 5G Ultraband for business that America's been waiting for. Buy summer skates. Fall, winter, doesn't matter. We still like to keep our drinks cold. Get your personalized koozies and shower shoes. Go to IcetimeHockeySW slash partners and click on the summer skates banner. Buy Behind the Mask at BehindTheMask.com where where we provide all your hockey needs for ice or inline. See the website or our three value locations and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, where despite how long it takes to eat your meal, there's so many delicious choices, it seems like it takes longer to decide what to eat than to actually eat it. By M-Drive, the presenting partner of What Drives You, M-Drive in the morning and relax at night, our two-step system for energy, stamina, and recovery. Circuit Resorts and Casinos, Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly, and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, Available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. Professional Hockey Southwest Weekly presented by Circuit Resorts and Casino as part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. We will say goodnight with little Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, a big thank you to uh, Steve Potvin of the Tucson Roadrunners for joining us tonight, along with uh, Ryan Minkoff, the uh, et- the uh, author of uh, Thin Ice, the new book. just came out November 1st, so get your copy on that. And uh, you know what? Uh, we found out some inside stuff on some uh, Sun Devils that uh, Ryan is advising and uh, one that he's going to be an agent for. So Fun stuff as always. Uh, Stay tuned tomorrow for College Hockey Southwest Weekly and Wednesday for Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Always on the Podbean app live and always at 7.30 p.m. Mountain Time. We are your primetime hockey spot. 
Zach, have a good evening. Stay safe, and we will talk to you again. Sounds good. You too.